I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. episode of podcast every week we talk about the los angeles rams and this week does feel like some sort of exception an exceptional game not for the right reasons uh this week for the la rams losing 23 20 to the new york jets to talk about it and to talk about how the rams can be right back in first place in the nfc west this week uh is Cameron De Silva of the Rams Wire. Cameron, thank you for joining me on Pod TST. I am sorry that it couldn't be under better circumstances. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Tough loss, but um, plenty to talk about. Yeah, it was um, tough, and at the same time, it was unfathomable i mean i i really tried to i i I like to think of myself as the type of person who with regards to things like uh sports and the nfl especially to just always keep an open mind and to always go into every game thinking these things you just can't predict them this is just not a predictable sport and that's that's what my takeaway from like almost every season is if people draft grades and uh preseason predictions, and then even leading up to a game. But this one was tough not to come to a foregone conclusion. I was making jokes at work about how, like, oh, yeah, we can pre-write these articles against the Jets, you know, and uh, just go ahead and say that the Rams won by this score. And then at the end of the day, we saw that really anything can happen uh, with regards to the football and, uh, you know, the, the Rams losing this game is so unexpected. And at the same time, I'm not surprised just because that's, that's part of what we love about the sport is that we get to always be surprised. Uh, you just don't want it to happen under these circumstances. And you also don't want to be the Jets, just to be clear. You know, there, there were times that the Rams were one and 15, two and 14 at, they were at the bottom of, of where they wanted to be. And, and Hey, look, one uplifting win. It's not as good as being, you know, nine and five and going to the playoffs. Uh, you know, the Rams will probably clinch. It hasn't quite happened yet with 48 hours or so to digest this loss. Uh, what do you think, you know, about the game today that maybe didn't occur to you when it was happening or right when it ended? Uh, I can conclude that I know nothing. Um, the <laughs> NFL is absolutely unpredictable. Um, I'm in a pool where um, each year you have to pick one loser, one losing team per week. That's it. You just have uh-huh. to pick a team to lose. And uh-huh. It would seem so easy, but um, I had the Jets this week, and I thought it was a foregone conclusion that they would lose. And um, you just can't predict anything in the NFL. And we saw it last night with the Bengals and Steelers too. It's just yeah. any given Sunday, anything can happen. You never know. Um, but this game just – it it felt like there was really no chance the Rams were going to lose it. It's not like it was the Dolphins game where the Rams were traveling across the country, facing a rookie quarterback against a good defense, against a coach who 
who stymied the Rams in the Super Bowl. There was just nothing working in the Jets' favor coming into this game, and somehow they pulled it off. The Rams had the number one defense. Jets were, were the worst offense. Um, the yeah. Jets scored three points against the Seahawks. It's, you figured it was hard, it's hard to imagine them scoring more than 10 points against the Rams with their, how good their defense is playing. Yeah. But um, they go out and put 23 up and, and shock the Rams. Um, I mean, it was – I said it all on Twitter after the game ended. I couldn't believe what I watched. Um, <laughs> the Jets are just – they're a no-name defense filled with – I shouldn't say they're a no-name defense. Their defense is filled with players who aren't recognizable names. It's, yeah. it's hard to, to find really – um quality top players that fans know on that defense and even on offense too even with Denzel Mims I mean he's a recognizable name because he was a um what second second round pick this year so talented guy but it's just a team that doesn't have many huge names and they and they pulled it off so um real big stunner real disappointment for the Rams it doesn't necessarily change their um playoff hopes at all um essentially what it shifted they had to win two games in the final three weeks so instead of beating mm-hmm. the jets and the seahawks to clinch the nfc west now they have to beat the seahawks and the cardinals so mm-hmm. it doesn't change a ton but it's still just such a deflating loss for them yeah it, it sort of uh flips the energy around a little bit and you know it certainly makes it feel as though there have to be uh, some questions, especially now with Cam Akers ruled out um, for at mm-hmm. least, you know, a game, probably potentially the rest of the year. Um, you know, looking at this defense, because you did mention that the Jets, by all intents and purposes, worst offense in the NFL and worst quarterback in the NFL, at least statistically, maybe there's a mm-hmm. couple of guys you would less like to start for you than Sam Darnold, but statistically nobody was doing a worse job. Adam Gase, everybody has been on the same page. You know, it's rare to get everybody on the same page, but everybody's been on the same page that, oh, Adam Gase is the worst coach in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And how do you come away from this with regards to the belief that I had, that you had, that the Rams were the best defense in the NFL because if not for a Jared Goff interception, which is something that we don't want to keep saying, um, you know, and not just because of Jared Goff's interceptions. I mean, the Rams have turned the ball over every single game this season. Mm -hmm. Uh, If not for that interception, if not for a blocked punt, which is so rare, you know, you need these really rare things to happen sometimes to, for, you know, for a team to lose like this to a team like the Jets, Uh, you know, LA probably wins the game if either of those things don't happen potentially. And it's, it sort of makes the defense. Where did you come out of this with the defense? There were times when it was like, why can't they get that one stop they needed on third down? Or why can't they just really embarrass a team like the jets when it looked like one versus 32, like where do you think the Rams defense is in your mind today you know, as the playoffs approach? I, I still think it's a really good defense. They were getting pressure on Darnold. Darnold was just getting the ball out so quickly. And it was really just miscommunications and busted coverages that doomed the defense. Um, on that opening drive, we saw Ty Johnson wide open for the touchdown. Nobody came with him, whether it was a linebacker or a safety that was supposed to take him. He was just left wide open. And on that real, really that opening drive, I think Ty Johnson had four catches and they were all essentially against um, Troy reader and coverage where he was just late to get out or he didn't mm-hmm. cover him. Um, even the play 
uh, to clinch the win for the Jets, that six-yard pass to Frank Gore. Um, you had Jamison Crowder come in motion, and both Troy Reader and Jalen Ramsey followed him to the other side, leaving the middle wide open. I don't know if that's Ramsey's assignment. I don't know if they were man coverage. I don't know if they just didn't communicate who was going to take Crowder or if it was just um, Troy Reader being out of position and, and not going where he should have been. Um, just too many miscommunications. We saw Crowder wide open after Darnold sc uh, scrambled one time. We saw him in the flat a few times, just no one near him. I mean, the safeties were late to rotate over. So it's, a, it's still a really good defense. Brandon Staley has done an excellent job. Um, maybe it's a little bit of um, cooling on the head coaching candidacy. Maybe, uh, yeah. maybe, that, maybe that's going to take a little uh, wind out of his sails for that, for that possibility. But, um, you know, you don't, the, you don't really want to, you know, you don't want to ever say like one game could take out someone's chance of being a head coach. And mm -hmm. at the same time, this kind of does feel like that yeah. one game, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. If you can't game plan against the worst offense in the league and, and hold them, um, to under 20 points, even, I mean, that would have been, it would have put the Rams yeah. in a tie 20 to 20. You can't even do that against the jets. I know they had short fields a couple times, but, yeah. um, they just, they couldn't get stops when they needed them on, on that final drive by the jets. I think they had almost four minutes and the Rams mm -hmm. just couldn't get a stop. They couldn't get off the field and it, it really just killed them. Yeah. It's, uh, it's wild to see that, you know, and same way with the, like you mentioned the Bengals game earlier, where it's like, They've got Ryan Finley. They don't have Joe Mixon, yeah. you know, and in this case, it's like Frank Gore is 37 years old. You know, yep. it wasn't even the Jets team that they necessarily would have wanted to put out there had they had all of their players uh, at their disposal. You know, um, it's 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 hard to step away. You know, you mentioned uh, Troy Reader. Sometimes I feel like maybe, you know, this is my first year uh, at Turf Show Times and this is uh, your you know, you've been covering the Rams for the, the whole Sean McVay era over there mm -hmm. at uh, the Rams Wire uh, and doing an excellent job at it. And uh, I would love to, you know, have more insight from other people covering the Rams and make sure that, you know, maybe I want to know what the general feeling is on some of these players because sometimes I critique a player or point out something and it's a statistic or it's a player or something like that. And maybe I don't have the right general feeling on these types of players. So I would, I would love to know your insight here. Like uh, example, like how, how do you feel about this 2020 season we've seen from a couple of guys who were filling in for Corey Littleton, you know, and, and trying to figure out that inside linebacker position. How, what are your thoughts right now? Cause you mentioned Troy reader, uh, the, the Rams don't have Micah Kaiser right now. Mm -hmm. um, how are you feeling on those two guys? Which guy would you like to see um, in the playoffs or, or in the final game or whatever of this season? I, I don't think any of them, either of them are really the long-term answer at inside linebacker. They're, they're limited kind of athletically and coverage wise. We saw that on Sunday against the jets where they just kind of targeted Troy reader and went after him every single time. And, he was late to get over. He just doesn't have the sideline-to-sideline side speed that someone like Corey Littleton had. Um, and, and the instincts, really, that's kind of where you gain some speed where you, if you lack it. Um, Reader has played well in the past few weeks filling in for Kaiser. Um, he's better against the run, I would say. But Kaiser, he had some missed tackle issues. He um, is just not very good in coverage. And uh, neither guy really fits the mold of that uh, really modern day inside linebacker where you can cover sideline to sideline. You have rare instincts. You can drop back into coverage. You can match up with tight ends. 
So I don't think either of them are really suited for um, full-time roles long-term as yeah. far as next season and beyond. I think um, hopefully Traven Howard is someone that comes on a little bit more after mm-hmm. I know we lost him for the year um, to that injury, but he's someone that I think the team has high hopes for uh, moving forward. And um, he fits the mold of more of a modern day, uh, modern day linebacker. Uh-huh. He was a former safety in college, kind of transitioned to linebacker and has done, um, he, he was in line to start this year instead of um, Kenny Young. Yeah. But I think the inside linebacker position this year has been the biggest weakness of that defense. And fortunately, they've masked it with uh, good safety play, strong play on the defensive line. Um, those guys stepping up and really filling holes. But the inside linebackers have been exposed when you talk about the 49ers just running laterally and stretching the defense sideline to sideline and then mm-hmm. um, the Jets testing them in coverage. We saw some uh, inside linebacker. I don't know what upcoming the upcoming draft class looks like, but we've seen some inside linebackers recently. I think it drafted, uh, you know, late first round, second round. Um, I'm kind of just curious, like, is that, you know, the Rams don't have their first round pick next year, but is that something that's even uh, a, a big need uh, that the Rams could even target that early on in the draft next year? And d- does it make it kind of difficult to – even game plan the future of the Rams defense when, when, when there is an expectation that maybe Brandon Staley with another good year would walk away, if not this year. Yeah, I definitely think inside linebacker has to be a priority for them. Um, they don't have any really surefire, surefire starters for next season. There's other holes on the defense and, and um, as well as on offense with Gerald Everett possibly leaving. You have John Johnson probably um, leaving in free agency. Troy Hill is a free agent. Um, Darius Williams, he's a restricted free agent, so he should be back. But there's other holes on on defense, especially up front with Leonard Floyd is going to be a free agent. Samson Ebukam is going to be a free agent. So you don't know what's going to happen with a lot of these positions. And inside linebacker is obviously not a spot that the Rams prioritized very highly. They don't put a ton of stock in that position. They could have re-signed Corey Littleton, opted not to. Mm-hmm. They didn't draft a guy until the seventh round with Clay Johnston, and he didn't even stick around. So it's not a position that they put a ton of stock in. And that kind of goes back to Wade Phillips, too. He did the same thing. Um, they didn't pay up to, to, to keep Corey Littleton, like I mentioned, and he was yeah. an undrafted free agent. So um, not a high-priority position for them, but it's one that I think they do have to address pretty early in the draft next year, along with edge rusher um, and possibly cornerback. Yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting offseason for the Rams, and uh, it's it's hard not to look ahead to that. And at the same time, that can't be the Rams' priority, obviously. You know, uh, who cares about next offseason if they can just get on a roll right now, um, get the defense where it's at or where, where we know that it can be, and then have that offense running as efficiently as it seemed to early on in the season. What What do you think is that difference between – the Rams early on in the season where Jared Goff wasn't making as many mistakes. He seemed to be making good decisions. Uh, Obviously, you know, and if we could have combined that with Cam Akers uh, before he got injured, if you you could have had that sort of impact at running back, if you could have had that sort of efficiency at quarterback, that quality of play along the offensive line when Andrew Whitworth was also healthy, which is another consideration um, to be made here. Like, do you see a difference in that early season Rams offense compared to now? This was an issue that was brought up in 2018 where, you know, 
leading up to the end of the year. You know, the Rams finished first in points, scored in 2018. Wasn't the offense that they wanted it to be when they got into the playoffs, and especially, of course, in the Super Bowl. Have you seen any sort of adjustments or change? Is this a Sean McVay thing? Uh, do you have hope uh, that, that there is a, a, a light at the end of the tunnel for the offense? I think Jared Goff really just needs to play better. Um, he's not hitting throws downfield. He's been very limited with what he's done offensively and throwing these really short passes, everything kind of close to the line of scrimmage or at least within 10, 10 yards of the line, line of scrimmage. And um, the only two throws that he made on Sunday that were at least 15, 20 yards downfield were the last two incompletions to Akers and Everett. So uh, it's kind of a weird time for them to try these deep shots when you need four yards. So, um, but that's, that's another discussion for another time. It's just <laughs> golf has really, he was playing to his strengths and Sean McVay was playing to his strengths early in the year with a lot of rollouts, a lot of play action, um, a lot of moving pockets where he's um, kind of condensing his reads and not having to see the whole field. Um, and that played to his strengths, but it's, it's not something that has really worked in recent weeks. Um, play action is not working as well. Um, even though the running game has kind of come on ever since Cam Akers took over and really sparked this offense a little bit, um, mm -hmm. golf has just set them back with poor decisions, poor throws, um, missing receivers and. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. He's just not taking good care of the football, and that's what the Rams need to do, especially with a defense as good as theirs is. You can't just consistently give opponents short fields because it, it kind of just lessens the impact of having such a great defense. You just got to take yeah. care of the ball and let the defense win for you. Yeah, and one of those key – you know, that when the Rams brought in Kevin O'Connell, there was a lot more talk about, like, Staley and O'Connell. And, and the, the, you know, even if – Sean McVay was, you know, still going to be in charge of the offense. Maybe O'Connell's uh, history of being a quarterback, working with quarterbacks, mm -hmm. uh, would be the right guy to fit with Jared Goff. And then we don't really talk about Kevin O'Connell um, at all anymore. And, and there's been a lot of offensive coordinators, offensive assistants under Sean McVay uh, who've had success with the Rams and then had success elsewhere. Um, on top of that, any, any thoughts at all to the offensive coordinator position, Kevin O'Connell, um, whether or not, you know, the Rams offense, it's really not even close to where it needs to be over these last, really the whole season, but like the, the last two months, especially, I mean, this is not a team, this is a team that has only scored over 27 points once since week five. Mm -hmm. um, is this a position and a, a job that needs to be addressed? 
if watching the Rams early in the season, I thought you could kind of see the effect of Kevin O'Connell and um, what he was working on with golf. Golf's footwork looked looked good. His pocket awareness looked better. His mechanics were a little bit tighter, and um, he wasn't he was sensing pressure better in the pocket. And I think that's something that the Rams and Kevin O'Connell specifically really stressed this off season with just getting him better with his pocket awareness and movement, and even just these subtle little moves in the pocket where it's tucking the ball away for a second to avoid a rush. And um, that's not something we saw him do much of last season, but um, he's kind of regressed to the mean and gotten back to his old ways a little bit in these past few weeks, um, thrown a couple of careless interceptions under pressure. I mean, we saw him against the Dolphins and it's like he, he couldn't sense pressure at all. He didn't know his hot reads. Um, and it just, he kind of regressed from where he was earlier in the season when he was playing well. Um, I don't necessarily know that they need to make a change at offensive coordinator. I don't know. I honestly don't know how much O'Connell is doing during game days and mm-hmm. um, what his exact role is. He's not calling the plays, obviously. I think he's kind of more of a, a quarterback's coach. You see him on the sidelines a lot with golf talking to him and, and going through the, the, um, the film from the previous yeah. drive, stuff like that. But um, I think it, it just comes down to McVay with his creativity and play calling and, um, it needs to be better, and it, it wasn't very good on Sunday against the Jets. Yeah, I mean, there are coaches who have reputations, offensive reputations, defensive reputations. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Nagy in Chicago is a guy who was recently cited as giving up play-calling duties. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean McVay, it's been – we have 2017, most of 2018. He's an offensive genius, a guru, mm-hmm. all these terms – end of 2018 to now I can't imagine the Rams are necessarily even a top 10 offense is is there going to be a time when people say like hey Sean McVay we love you maybe someone else uh, could have some input here on the play calling it's certainly possible I think he was asked about it um, last year and he said it, if it came down to it I think he would be open to it but um, right now I don't know that you can make that change just because of how important these last few games are mm-hmm. and um, his history of being a play caller, that's really what he's done in the NFL and these play designs. And mm-hmm. um, usually his scripting and early in the game, you'll see he doesn't necessarily script the game um, yeah. to open up. He just tries to get the Rams best plays um, early on. And that's when you see them playing best usually. Um, but as far as his, it's really his situational play calling. It's if you need 15 yards on third down, he's calling a screen. He's calling a, a give up uh, draw play where it, you don't really have a chance to pick it up. And then on Sunday, you need four yards on third and fourth down, and he's calling these two shot plays to a running back and a tight end. I mean, that's – I know he's not the one throwing the ball, but uh-huh. those are those are reads that Goff made, and it, it just it didn't work out. And it's kind of puzzling to see them try those plays at that time when these deep plays have not worked all season. So it, it's really about situational coaching and play calling, and that timeout before Frank Gore's fourth down touchdown was – um, kind of costly, especially because the Jets just called one right before that. Yeah. Um, those are areas where McVay needs to be better, and he's said it multiple times himself. In the, um, you know, I want to make sure that we're, we're highlighting that there are good things about the Rams, <laughs> of course. Um, and, and the fact is, like, dating back to week seven, Monday Night Football against the Chicago Bears, you know, the, the Rams are in this weird position. They're, they're nine and five. And yet they haven't clinched a playoff berth, despite the fact 
that they are in contention pretty much with the Seahawks, the Bears, the Cardinals, and the Bucks. The Rams are 4-0 in those games. They've beaten all those teams, mm-hmm. and yet they haven't clinched a playoff berth quite yet because um, they could still finish in a three-way tie with the Bucks and uh, the Bears and, and the Cardinals. Or I don't know. There's just a mm-hmm. mess going on. Yeah. But, uh, but the Rams have beaten good teams. They've beaten them and uh, looked good. You know, they, they, they blew out the Patriots pretty much. They, they, they handled the Cardinals, and, and that's their Week 17 matchup, and, and Sean and Faye has always beaten the Cardinals. Um, in a best case scenario, you know, the, the Rams would be uh, 11 and five and uh, in that three seed, potentially facing the Seahawks, potentially facing um, the Buccaneers again, and then they could be right back in the divisional round. Um, how confident are you, even uh, let's say without Cam Akers, if they have to go to Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown again, which we know that they will, um, mm-hmm. but going back to Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown, knowing that. How, how, how confident are you that this is a team that uh, still has all the pieces in place to, you know, at least get a, a playoff win and, and get in that divisional round, win the division, um, win their matches, uh, win the rematches against the Seahawks and Cardinals? How confident do you feel? If you asked me last week, I would have felt very confident. I, I thought they were one of the better teams in the NFC, um, that you could have made a case for them being the best team in the NFC. I know the Packers are playing really well. And the Saints have played well all season, and their defense is just really, really good. Um, but now after this loss to the Jets, it's hard to feel really confident in the Rams and um, in their ability to win a Super Bowl. Um, they will get into the playoffs unless this miraculous scenario plays yeah. out where the Bears win out and the Cardinals lose and then win and the Buccaneers go 1-1 one and one and, or 2-0. and oh And there's just a weird scenario where they, where they miss the playoffs, which yeah. is highly unlikely to happen. Um, and once you get into the postseason, anything can happen. Uh, we saw that this week with a terrible team like the Jets beating the Rams. But the Rams, I feel like they could beat anyone too. Uh, mm-hmm. um, I think they match up well with the Chiefs. Not that they would play them, obviously, before the Super Bowl. But with their secondary and their defense, I think they're a team that matches up well with the Chiefs. Um, against the Packers, the same way. They have the secondary to match up with Devontae Adams and, um, and to slow down Aaron Rodgers. So, I think they are capable of beating anyone in the NFL right now. Um, they just really need to take care of the football. They can't turn the ball over every single game, which they've done this season. Yeah. Um, it's just it's frustrating to see this offense continue to hold the team back because if Jared Goff gets going and, and he plays the way that he did in the first half of 2018, this team can win a Super Bowl. Um, but that's just a big if right now. Um, let's, let's end on talking about some players and how they've played. You know, this is our, this is our first time talking Cameron. And and I Mm -hmm. I would like to know your thoughts because the Rams have, you know, we spent all off season, this weird off season talking about, you know, how these certain Rams would do new Rams, old Rams, Rams with contracts coming up, Rams who got extended like Cooper cup and Robert Woods and Jalen Ramsey. So, uh, you know, if you, if you could just give a, one word or one sentence response to how you feel that these players have done through the first 14 games as relative to your preseason expectations for them. Um, How do you feel about the season had by Cooper cup in a word or a sentence? Um, He's done what I expected him to do. Done what you expected him to do. And and Cooper cup uh, also, yeah, extended there. Uh, Robert Woods. He's been 
better than I expected him to be given the circumstances with Cooper Cup also um, being such an important part of the offense. And, uh, you know, just to expand on that a little bit, how are you okay? Are you comfortable with Cooper Cup and Robert Woods having been extended, you know, as the wide receivers that this is the team that they're, you know, they're, they're sticking with these two guys for at least the foreseeable next two years, probably. Yeah, I would have liked to see them add kind of a big play receivers, a big bodied guy who can win these jump ball scenarios. But Cup and Woods are just such good blockers, such good fits for this offense where I am pretty comfortable with them being there. Yeah. Um, so we've also moving on. We've got uh, a guy who was a third round pick last year. Didn't get much playing time behind Todd Gurley has had more opportunities this year. And, and it's been what it is. Uh, Daryl Henderson. He's been better than I expected him to be, especially um, when he was getting more opportunities earlier in the season, he was PFF's number one running back. So he's, he's exceeded my expectations. Tyler Higby. Not as well as I thought he would play, um, even with Gerald Everett expected to have a bigger role. Um, Higby's been a little disappointing. Um, and expanding on that a little bit, uh, Tyler Higby is a guy where there could be cost savings in either of the next two years. Uh, Gerald Everett, though, is a guy who's going to be a free agent. And we didn't see anything of Bryson Hopkins this season. I can't imagine that we will. Um, thoughts on Tyler Higby's uh, short-term future with the Rams? I think he's a well-rounded tight end that fits well with what the Rams want to do. And um, it's just that there's so many playmakers on offense that it's hard to get him the ball consistently. Joseph Noteboom. He's played well, especially at left tackle. I, I think he's a much better tackle than he is a guard, and he's played well in Whitworth's place. Um, and, yeah, that's, that's a big deal coming up there for, you know, the age of Andrew Whitworth and his current injury. Um, moving on to a few just defensive players. Uh, your thoughts after having seen, you know, we talked about Micah Kaiser, we talked about Troy Reader. Um, to highlight, maybe, uh, how about the seasons of Jordan Fuller? Jordan Fuller has played much, much better than I expected him to. I didn't think he was going to contribute at all as a rookie, a sixth-round pick, but he has been really a stud in the secondary for the Rams. And we didn't get to see much of Terrell Burgess, but uh, do, do you think you've seen enough or heard enough after training camp to believe that Terrell Burgess um, is kind of a, an exciting player to have at safety in, in, the, uh, in the future here? Yeah, absolutely, especially with John Johnson's contract coming to an end. I like his versatility and um, what he showed on defense in, that, in his limited action this year. And Michael Brockers. Um, I don't think they needed to bring him back, but he's played well, especially against the run, and he's been a big part of the defensive line kind of covering up for the linebackers' issues. And uh, this isn't preseason expectations, but uh, the Rams have had a lot of in-season turmoil at this position um, and would like to not have that next year. And so this is also potentially a key player here for these next two games and playoffs. Um, you know, how comfortable do you feel right now with Matt Gay as the kicker? Um, I, I like the way that he's kicked. He's shown the most confidence and accuracy, I would say, of any of the kickers that they've had, and he has a big leg. So um, we'll see how the end of the season goes, but I feel pretty confident in him being a, a long-term kicker for them. Cameron De Silva, uh, thank you so much for, for joining me on Pod TSD to talk about the Rams. I'm glad that we finally had the opportunity to do it. Uh, people can find you on Twitter at Cam Da Silva, D A. S-I-L-V-A and over at the Rams Wire. 
Uh, Cameron, anything else that you would like to plug or say ab about the Rams? No, nothing to plug. Just hopefully we'll see these guys play a little bit better in these final two weeks, build yeah. some momentum going into the, into the playoffs and uh, maybe make a, a postseason run. Yeah. I mean, one win against the Seahawks, especially, you know, the, they, they went to Seattle and won 42 to seven a couple of years ago. One game like that, and all of a mm -hmm. sudden the Rams are the talk of the town again in a positive yep. way. Um, so that, that's really it's all it's going to take. Yep, absolutely. Uh, thank you, Cameron, for joining Pod TST, and thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. <laughs>